Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards, host of PureAndSimpleBible.com, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad you're here for part two of a really fun conversation that I got to have with Brother Brett Hickey about unleashing prayer power. If you didn't listen to part one, I would really love for you to pause this one and go back and listen to that first episode. We're going to be jumping right back into the conversation, and where we had left it off last week was Brett was about to tell us one of the most haunting verses in the scriptures. It really intrigued me whenever we had the conversation as we talked about it. It made total sense. It really can be haunting if we're not careful. And we're going to jump back into the introduction of that question, and then Brett's going to tell us all about it. Let's begin, shall we? We're in a, in a section where we're, we're answering the question, how do you sustain a vigorous prayer life long term? Right? We, we want it to be sustainable We've been talking for the past few minutes uh, about, first, we, we could have a really healthy mindset of, I can take this with me anywhere. I don't have to have a specific spot, and if I'm not there, then I'm just shut out of my prayer life. So I've, I've loved that part of the conversation, um, making sure that it's daily, uh, that you're interacting with God in a consistent way. You talked about there are those that interact with God maybe an hour at a time, and then there's also the ones that interact with him in an hour at a time, but it's split up over several different smaller increments. They're praying for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Uh, you have several scriptures in here that go along with this point. Um, I'd love to start with James 4, mm. and uh, you call it one of the most haunting scriptures. Why is James 4 verse 2 one of the most haunting scriptures in the Bible? Well, one of the reasons it is, is because if I haven't made this scripture a part of my life, I mean, I've seen the scripture a whole bunch of times. Sure. But if I haven't um, been keeping this thought in mind and acting appropriately, then all of a sudden I realize there's been a whole lot of good things that could have happened that didn't happen merely because I was too thoughtless to pray. Oh, man. The scripture says, you have not because you ask not. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a simple, simple statement. And with it, you think about the price, the cost of neglect. Yeah. Because I was too busy. I think probably most of the people who are listening today are not the kind of people that are going to have to be told, you know, you, you shall not murder. <laughs> sure. You know. You know, don't be robbing the bank. You know, it, it, Satan's not going to get to us that way. In this spiritual battle that we have, um, one of the things that Satan is so effective with is gobbling up mm. our discretionary time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a certain amount of time mm -hmm. that we're going to spend with our, our work, and there's a certain amount of time that you know, getting ready for work and our sleep schedule and sure. eat schedule. Those, you know, those things sure. cross all that out. But the, what about the rest of the time? Yeah, what are we going to do? And sometimes all that time can get gobbled up right to where we didn't have time yeah to pray or at least we thought we didn't as because slowly we've allowed other priorities to creep into our lives I remember I don't know what book it was in but it's a James Dobson quote and it's if the devil can't make you sin he'll make you busy yes 
And I thought, oh, man, that punched me right between the eyes, right? It, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because it's true. Now, we lived abroad for three years. Many of my listeners know that. Um, I talk about it frequently, probably more than I should. But Cambodia is such a slower culture than America. Uh, it's just, it's, it, it gets really hot in the afternoon most months. And so business slows down. People take naps. The day is slower. There's just not the motivation that we have maybe in the very efficient United States. And we got used to that. And I remember coming back to America and I was so overwhelmed with how fast paced it was here. Mm. I felt like I was in another country. I felt the culture shock of coming here and then I got used to it. And that struggle to the, the hustle, I yes. guess that's what I'm going to call it. The hustle, the hustle to do everything, be everything. Um, it's so elusive because no matter how much I feel like I get done, I'm still not satisfied. I, I need to get more done. And there's the devil sowing that seed of you have not because you ask not. And, and I'm trying to be self-reliant. I'm trying to get it all figured out and I'm neglecting the weightier matters of the law. The biggest of the big or one of the biggest of the big is what you called it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the apostles in Acts 6, yeah, they, they seem to have their priorities right there. Yeah, this is another one of those that is one of those examples of the emphasis on prayer that's so easy to miss. You know, the apostles are in Jerusalem. They're, they're preaching. They're staying so busy, you know, sharing the gospel all the time. But then there's this crisis they have to take care of. And so they kind of have to, as it were, uh, come off their regular work schedule and, and take care, make sure the Grecian widows. Right are cared for which is an important work because they're going to go hungry you know yes so it's this isn't just a trivial thing no it was urgent had to be dealt with and they got it all lined up they got these seven men were selected and but then they said something to the effect of we got to get back to work right and what did they say okay so if the apostles are got to get back to work what are they going to do well they're going to get back to preaching well yeah right but what the scripture says peter i believe it was who says but we will give ourselves continually to prayer mm. and to the ministry of the word. Right. Missed that for a long time. <laughs> no, I read the words, but sure. as far as my job, yeah, sure. my job is the ministry of the word, but my job also is prayer. Mm -hmm. And so we see just how critical and important prayer was. You know, um, James five sixteen. I alluded to it earlier, but I just want to get it out there because it's such an important scripture on prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he could pray as an individual, but he wanted the prayers of others. And let's look at Romans chapter 15, verse 30, if that's OK. Oh, of course, um, because here's one of those seven. Uh, requests, prayer requests that he made. He says, now I beseech you. Some translations have beg you. Brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Mm. Yeah, this is one of those seven, one of those seven occasions out of the 14, seven out of 14 letters that he wrote that Paul 
is mentioning these prayers on his behalf. Pray for me. Yes. Now, in those other letters, I think maybe all of them, almost all of them, he's talking about prayer in other different ways, but these are specifically his prayer requests to the brothers and sisters at that congregation. This man is, is no doubt incredibly humble, and yet he felt, what's the phrase I want to use? Uh, he felt bold about asking them to pray for him. He knew how badly he needed their prayers. And I think sometimes we're talking about praying for others, but I think we need to realize the benefit of asking others for their prayers mm-hmm. and the impact that that has. Sometimes, you know, since I started praying more, I, I asked certain people, you know, uh, how I could pray for them. And in your congregation, this is one thing, one way to implement, um, maybe getting ahead of myself, but, you know, ask the people in your congregation if, you know, what's one way I can pray for you? Yeah. And, um, but I've asked that question to people before, how can I pray for you? And I've heard them say, oh, that's okay. I, I don't need anybody to pray for me. Uh-uh. Uh-oh. And then I think, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> that person needs to be at the top of the list. <laughs> that you don't know how how badly right. you need prayers. Um, Let me tell you something. Uh, that just, just this bit off the cuff, but I have these uh, eight and a half by 11 that I print out for handing out in the neighborhoods and I cut them in half. So they're the information it's, you know, there's two pieces per page and it just introduces Valley Parkway church of Christ, the, the place where I work. Um, it, it shows a little address and it's got two QR codes and one QR code. If the, person scans it will take him to YouTube and it's uh, vocal ascend the mm-hmm. the musical mm-hmm. production that some of our brethren have put together mm-hmm. uh, what I did with pure and simple Bible is I did an introductory track for each song and so there's like 30 seconds of me saying uh, isn't the Lord's mercy great it's wonderful Psalm such and such says how wonderful is your mercy O Lord let's listen to the song and then, so it's just those tracks. So people can listen to music and, and become more familiar with it. If they scan the other QR code, the question is, how can we pray for you? Mm. And I feel like that interaction, um, and whenever I, I meet the people there and I'm passing out the papers, because usually when I'm passing out information, I don't get a lot of interaction with people. But one of the questions that I do like to ask as I interact with folks is, uh, and I'm talking about strangers, not people at church but when i'm going door to door is how can i pray for you and that question has yielded more fruit than simply leaving it and saying here's a church down the road will you take this paper right the how can we pray for you today love it is just a, a wonderful community interaction so i wanted to share that with the listeners for the people that are motivated to do that kind of thing it's a great question to ask in your community I love that idea. I'm going to have to get a copy of one of those cards. <laughs> sure. Uh, w- now, I, I interrupted a thought. Um, you were talking about people who said they didn't need prayer, and uh, you ask a question almost immediately after that that talks about the power that comes when more people are praying. And so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Tell us about the power that comes when more people are praying. Yes, I'm going to read another scripture. Oh, of course. Second Corinthians 1, verse 11. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, 
that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. So this idea of praying more prayers means more power. The benefit of our prayers grows exponentially mm-hmm. as we request others. And yeah. they're not just going to pray if they're doing like we're trying to do sure. and not pray on a daily basis, on a continual basis. Then, you know, if a bunch of people, a bunch of congregations are praying that prayer, then there's an increased likelihood, if it can be in the Lord's will, obviously, that the Lord will answer that prayer. Oh, sure. You know, in, in, in Ephesians 6, we don't have time to get into this too deep, but <laughs> you you read about, you read some words that, you know, the, the scriptures don't really give a, a whole lot of explanation on. You read about principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world. And you're like, well, what's all this about? We know that that's out there and we know that there's a, a battle going on that we can't see. Daniel 10, you get some more insights into sure. that battle. Um, but what we have that we know about in that spiritual battle is prayer and somehow that those prayers empower the the those who are fighting this battle in the spiritual realm and fully comprehending it maybe it's because we couldn't get it right that we don't get all the details there right but we we've given some insight to how this does help yeah and it is going to make a difference yeah so you do it and you keep doing it and you get as many other people as possible mm-hmm. um involved in doing the same thing love it now as we move into uh from time to time i just like to summarize some of the things that we've been talking about we're still in this big idea of how do i have a long-term sustainable prayer life uh you've mentioned several scriptures now some of warning about you do not have because you do not ask and then others of look at the exponential growth where uh, many people are praying at the same time. We, we, we see that prayers of the apostles, um, prayer was an essential part of their ministry. So th- it ought to be, to, to quote you from earlier, the big of the big, the big one of the biggies of the big. Um, I'm curious if you could take a few minutes. Uh, this is a really tangible part of prayer. You mentioned it up at the New Year's meeting, and that was... Could you adopt a preacher? Now you you reference it as the adopt a highway thing. So give us give us a maybe an overview of that that metaphor. You know the adopt a highway to adopt a preacher, and then help our listeners understand how they could do just that. Yeah, it's been neat through the years to see you driving through a community and you see these adopt a highway signs in a club. Maybe a, a religious institution will adopt a mile on the highway and they'll take the responsibility for cleaning up and taking care of it. And, uh, that idea, I thought about, well, what about adopting a preacher? Not that you, you know, have to build another addition to your house and put a <laughs> sure. preacher in the, and his family in there. But the idea of praying for a preacher mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And not just one preacher, maybe two, three or four preachers. We see the apostle Paul, is saying, I need these prayers, I need these prayers. If the Apostle Paul needed those prayers, Jonathan, you and I, as evangelists, you know, without all those gifts, without all that he had, that he was working with, man, we need it. We need absolutely the prayers of others. And 
um, you know, and in Second Thessalonians three, if I can just use another scripture of here, of course, you can use all the scriptures you oh, want, good. Brett. You just no rain them down on us. No limits. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, brethren, this is Second Thessalonians three one. Paul says, "Pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you." Well, I make the point, you know, and I present this lesson as. When was the last time that you prayed that the word of the Lord would run swiftly mm. and be glorified where you live? Mm. Yeah. I mean, here we are. I'm thinking about how thoughtless I can be. Here, here I am being spoon fed with, well, this is what Paul asked for yeah. as far as <laughs> prayers. That sounds like a pretty good prayer. But why haven't I prayed it? prayed it all the time? every day repeatedly during the day it's a no-brainer but you know praying maybe different things but not pray that man that's i'll tell you now i pray that prayer a whole bunch uh on behalf of preachers on behalf of uh christians on behalf of i've got lists of cities and counties and countries not everyone in the world but i was listening to a preacher this little sidebar here. I was listening to a preacher that I only listened to one sermon. I think it was for an hour. And it was actually on this general topic of spiritual warfare. Yeah. And, uh, in the process of his sermon, his mega church, um, he was saying that in their mega church, I don't know, maybe 10,000 people. Sure. They had sent from their mega church people into 188 countries. Oh, wow. And I, I feel really good about the little work that I do different places and the sure. little work that congregations I'm associated with. And I hear about sending the gospel over to Africa and India and Cambodia and the Philippines and Sweden and, and all these different countries. And I'm like, man, I feel good about that. And then I was feeling good about that. I still feel good about that overall. But then I heard right. this guy from one congregation, albeit large. Right. So we've sent 100 people to 188 different countries. And before the next year, we intend to complete the 192 countries in the world. Mm. And so I feel good about what we're doing. I feel good about what I try to do. And I realize that I have limitations. We have limitations. But I think we need to think bigger. Agreed. And I think the thought of thinking bigger, man, look at what we're doing. And look at what all is involved. And look at the expense of doing all this. How could we possibly and I think, Oh, I know. Let's ask God for help. <laughs> Why not ask him? Yeah. Part of the reason that we pray is because we can't do it all ourselves. Right, right. But when we make our assessments about can we do this, can we do that, can we do the other, we, we say, okay, what are our limitations? Yeah. And I have limitations. You have limitations. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about the Valley Parkway congregation is man, they didn't have to have a a uh, regular set apart building for at least 10 years right. or longer. But that's a, that doesn't matter. We're sending the gospel to Cambodia. We're bringing the TV program right. to the Dallas area. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. Uh -huh. And <laughs> when we see limitations, that's not, oh, we can't do that. That's not the response. The answer is I need to pray more. Yeah. Yeah. You're making me think of the scripture uh, in James 4. You do not have because you do not ask. And how much of the limitation is because we're just not dreaming big enough. We're not asking big enough. And we're just content with 
burying our talent. Thank you for the talent you gave. I'll take care of it. I'll give it back to you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a scary reality that maybe we 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 are the three or five talent individual per se, and we've buried two and decided to use one. You know, um, I'm thinking about First Corinthians sixteen verse nine. Can it, I just share one story before? In, oh, in the absolutely. Context of what you were just saying. Sure. I think of Hezekiah. What do you think it? <laughs> God has told you get your affairs in order order it is over you're done just do what he says and be thankful that he's your god everything's going to be okay yeah hezekiah prays and prays i think cries and prays and prays and prays and god changes his mind Mm. gives him 15 more years right god has (laughs) told him you're gonna die yeah but he would he wouldn't stop he just kept praying 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 even though god had told him yeah what kind of, I mean, that's kind of crazy from a human standpoint, right. even one who believes in God. I mean, people say prayer changes things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just seems like it may be just thrown out there, but it, it is real. It is true. And prayer changes things mm-hmm. because yeah. your prayer, Jonathan, can change God's mind. Yeah. Well, that's sobering. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's hard to believe, but yet right. we read it and we know what the Bible says and so yeah. we believe it now obviously within the limits of his will but let's let's throw it out there and and at least let god say no yeah anyway yeah. i interrupted you what were you oh, saying oh man well <laughs> the interruption was worth it i was going to introduce first corinthians 6 9 uh and i was going to introduce it this way i started preaching for open doors i'm sorry i started praying for open doors because of this scripture while I was sitting in a hammock in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. So I can't oh. remember what year it was. It's probably 2014 or 15, maybe 16. But um, I was reading through 1 Corinthians, and I'd believed in the open door, that, that image, for a while. You know, we pray for open doors. But I was living in a place where I had gone through the open door and the experience of, of Cambodia was very difficult. It was a challenging work. Yeah. It was challenging for my family. It was challenging for us and the Ballards to help equip the saints there. It, it was a very difficult work. I, I try to tell people it's like world war one. It was trench warfare, not a lot of progress made, move forward, move back, that kind of stuff. And I was reading in 1 Corinthians 16. I'd like to read it. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, verse 9, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that open doors have adversaries. And for so long, what I'd heard was, let's pray for open doors where you just kind of walk in and it's a breeze. And what I was experiencing in Cambodia was that I knew it was an open door because there were adversaries. I felt like I walked into the open door and Satan punched me in the nose. Yeah. And then I got up and I gave him a bloody lip. And then he got up and he and we just started fighting, you know? And it made me feel good because I hadn't up until that point felt like an absolute failure that I wasn't doing it right because open doors are supposed to be easy. And here I was having the fight of my life. 
So when we pray for open doors, I, this is kind of related to your study, mm-hmm. but I just saw it and I, I had to share this. Be careful what you pray for because God doesn't give us work so that we can relax. It's going to be a challenge and there's going to be many adversaries. And yet we ought to be praying yes. for open doors. Good stuff. man. I, I think of myself as bold, but hats off to you and Marissa for taking your family <laughs> over to Cambodia. She's the champ. Marissa's the champ. Marissa's the champ. Let me tell you, again, unrelated, but I can't help myself. Marissa's the champ because it wasn't her work. Yes. And it wasn't her vision. It wasn't her dream. It wasn't her life. <laughs> Marissa went because I wanted to go. And for three years, she put a lot of her relationships and what was her normal and her safety, you know, that kind of stuff. She put it on hold to support me in doing what I wanted to do. So every day I woke up in Cambodia to fight the devil, you know, because I wanted to. And every day she woke up to fight the devil because I wanted to. Mm. And that's why she's the champ. Uh, I, I wish my wife's an introvert. My listeners know that I talk about how she's an introvert. She doesn't Mm. like the spotlight. She doesn't probably even want me to have said this about her, (laughs) but it's amazing to me. Her godly example, Brandy too, both Marissa and Brandy in that experience is amazing to me. These Mm -hmm. godly women Mm -hmm. who followed us into the open door. Yes. And it wasn't maybe what they had asked to do. And that's why they're the champ. Yes. You know, um, analytics, if that's the right word, uh, we follow analytics. We're interested in analytics. Right. It would be interesting to know how many people were praying for you as you headed to that trip. That would have been fascinating. And continued to pray with you. You were being buoyed up. I mean, really doing that over there. I mean, you you go into that situation. I can't do this by myself. Yeah. We can't do this by ourselves. And it's a beautiful thing what happened there and that the church is still moving over there and right. making progress. Right. I love it. Yeah, that would be an interesting, if prayer could be analyzed as far as its amount and frequency and where it was coming from, kind of like we can see on social media analytics, uh, that would be good. Now, I have uh, maybe distracted us from the study proper, but you um, have several scriptures and, and just thoughts in here uh, let me maybe summarize as we go into this this last big section, but um, very tangible, real ways to make sustainable prayer. It includes knowing that um, it's going to be stronger if I'm asking for it and then humbling myself to ask for it. It's going to be helpful if, and I'd love to hear maybe a little bit more about this, Brett. You, you actually talked about it at the beginning. I'd love to hear it again. So I'm just putting it in your mind. I'd love to hear more about the idea of list writing and and putting it down on paper or putting it down the phone. So I'm just putting that in your mind uh, at the moment. We've talked about praying for preachers and uh, praying for open doors, very tangible ways. We've talked about breaking your prayers down. If you don't have a lot of time at one specific time of the day, you can kind of break it up. Um, You've got some things here about this idea of, of, of continuing to pray for open doors, praying for preaching. I didn't know if you wanted to consider those scriptures or not. But I I do want to ask about the the list making. So I guess go where you want to go. Let's but let's see if we can't cover both. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that back up again because, again, I think that's so important. I'll make a couple statements about that list, well, a few statements. Get your daily prayer list going, um, and after you've got that going for a little while, then start your answered prayer list so you can see, wow, look at what's happening here. And when you start to see those things pile up, if you're paying attention to it, sometimes you get blown away. Here, here's a way. What am I going to put on my list? My prayer list. Obviously, there are people that you need to think about. Sure, that they're, they're already on your mind that you you care deeply about. You're concerned about. Obviously, those names are going to come freely. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of praying for specific cities hmm. and specific counties and specific countries. Okay. Now, I guess you know when we're very small, our children, we could have them pray for everybody everywhere all the time (laughs) sure (laughs) and that's great but now i I think there's something special and beneficial about targeting our prayers certain names paul didn't just say pray for the gospel to spread he didn't just say pray for all the apostles or uh, pray for all the preachers or for pray for all the christians he gets specific about individuals and about himself and this idea of specificity uh it's interesting think back to the old testament think about abraham mm. he prayed for sodom it's true uh it wasn't that he loved what was going on in the sodom um, he had a nephew over there and his nephew's family so he was concerned about them but you know that prayer somewhat of a negotiation kind of a different type of a prayer but Ultimately, he was wanting Sodom to be saved right. from destruction. Right. And he was praying for them specifically. And so I like the idea of targeting certain cities, uh, especially the one you work in. Sure. The one you live in, um, you know, cities around, counties around you. Uh, in Colossians 4, verse 2 and 3, Paul said, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pray that the Lord would open a door for us. Yeah. And obviously he's not just talking about for him. That would be wide open. And so on my prayer list, I've got a list of people and I've got a list of cities and countries that I go through that I'm talking about. Sure. Um, Father, please open up. May may your word run swiftly and be glorified in all of these places. Yeah. And would you please bless us with open doors or more open doors in these places? And then I'll go down a list and, and mention specific cities and countries and sometimes like in Texas, uh, certain counties. Yeah. And, um, of course, the Apostle Paul. Um, he, this wasn't a selfish thing. It was about the kingdom. He was wanting the kingdom to expand. He knew that for what needed to be done, he couldn't do it alone. He, you know, he needed the help. And so again, that idea, you have not because you asked not. There's interesting wording here in Ephesians 1 16. And this is about his prayer for others. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give you, listen to this the spirit of wisdom, he's praying for Christians, right? and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Mm-hmm. 
that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Really, you know, in our everyday language, in a paraphrasing way of saying, he's praying that God would open their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, these, these Pauline prayers, there's one in Ephesians, there's two, I think. Uh, there's a couple in Colossians. Um, I don't know if I've, I've talked about this on the podcast specifically. I, I maybe mentioned it. One of my favorite sermons that a good brother that we both know, Stephen Bullard, Yes. One of the, my favorite sermons that he's ever preached was the Pauline prayers. And he just went through and mentioned all the times where Paul actually prays for the Ephesian church, the mm-hmm. Colossian church. Good. And he says, like Stephen, he, in the study, he passes out a bookmark. And in the bookmark that you take home, there's a blank. And it says, and the concept is, take this and pray this prayer for the people in your congregation and just take your the list of the people who go to your your congregation maybe you divide it by family and you start at the top and so i'm just going to give you an example uh the letter a at valley parkway i already know that's going to be the all britons mm-hmm. and all britons are good people and so i could go to ephesians 116 and say something like lord please give the all britons the spirit of wisdom and revelation having their eyes opened or the eyes of their hearts enlightened that they may know the hope that it is to call you and when Stephen preached that it really helped me have a tangible way to have a pretty meaty prayer on behalf of other people at church loved it so there's my shout out to Stephen for yeah a really good study now you have uh, something that's similar so instead of what what I just suggested, which was uh, go to the Pauline prayer and just pray it on behalf of others at the church, you talk in this study about a way to engage and get the congregation to be more closely knit, yes. and that's for to go and ask others. And listeners who've been with us across this whole conversation, they now know that it's not acceptable to say, I don't need prayer, right? I don't need your prayer, or I'm I'm good. We understand that, that if we're going to come from a place of humility, then we are going to humble ourselves and say, well, here's, here's something I can use your prayers in. Um, could you talk for a little bit as we start to wrap things up about this concept of uh, the congregation coming together through mutual prayer? This is a revelation for me in my prayer life to think about. I've been working with the congregation in Sherman, small congregation. Now I'm Sure. Just recently started working with a small congregation in Allen, and uh, the the revelation that what's the matter with me? Why am I not praying for every member of my congregation every day? Now, like you said, you it's a, it's a bigger congregation like Valley Parkway. You need to approach it maybe a little different way, maybe A through C today, or right. <laughs> you know, sure. some congregations maybe you know every other day you'd pray for. You know, different ones divided up that's, in half. That's when I pray for everybody everywhere all the time <laughs> <laughs> so I can get it done. <laughs> exactly. But it, but I, I got thinking, would it make, this is a question I like to raise, would it make a difference for the kingdom if every day I was praying for every member or a significant portion rotating based on how many people are there and I could sure. within reason pray for, if I was praying for them every day? Yeah. I mean, this is, in case you're wondering, this is 
a rhetorical question. Right. We know sure. Sure. that that would make uh, a big difference. And one of the things that I wrestle with, I'm still I'm still working to understand fully Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16, mm-hmm. and the responsibility of leadership in the congregation to equip and bring the congregation to maturity. To me, mastering that idea and implementing it, especially if you've got a good-sized congregation, is one of the greatest challenges uh, in the New Testament. But here's a great way for everybody, but especially if you've got uh, elders, if you've got deacons, if you've got teachers, if you've got a preacher, preachers, uh, these guys should certainly be leading the charge on this. And talk about a great conversation starter. If there's somebody you don't know, you know, I, I we, we shake hands, we say hi, never really gotten to know you, but, sure. uh, you know, I've been, I've been working on my prayer life and, and I've been thinking, you know, I want to know more about, about you and I, is there some way that I could pray for you yeah. every day? Yeah. And so, you know, you're kind of putting yourself out there. Know that the person may like, you know, what kind of reaction you're going to get. But you're also opening up a possible conversation that, sure. that could be quite significant. And maybe, you know, they reach out to you the next time or by phone. And, hey, you know, you ask, I think you really care about my situation. Let me yeah. tell you a little bit more about this. Or maybe another issue. And to me, that's one of the great challenges one of the things that um i don't like about mega churches mm. is and i've heard people complain about it they come in they're surrounded by hundreds thousands of people and they feel by their by yeah. themselves there's no community in that yeah um but even in smaller congregations to have it to where brother so and so or sister so and so is more than just something we say sure but that we have a real relationship sure uh, because things happen in life and circumstances, difficulties, challenges, and before you know it, you know you got a you got a marriage, yeah, that's struggling. Yeah, you've got a a parent child relationship that is really in a bad place. But if we're all praying for each other on a continual basis, can't we head off some of that? Yeah, I think, I think. We can. I like that idea of, of us being tightly, closely knit together. That's the image, not just of us, you know, flailing out there on our own or this family and this family, but together. And prayer is one of those things that can really uh, bind us together. Let me say one more thing about praying. Um, our prayer life. Yeah. And as I say this, you know, I still got a ways to go, and I've come a long ways in the last year or two, so it's a little bit embarrassing. Mm. But uh, our private prayer life really is a strong barometer for where we are spiritually. Mm. Because when I'm praying privately, ordinarily, nobody's going to know but me. If I pray one two-minute prayer a day or I pray a number of two-minute prayers, nobody's going to know that. That's just between God and me. And so now, of course, I've been telling you I'm praying more now. So that's one indication, you know, you, you're going to know that I'm praying more. But sure. uh, in our own in our own personal prayer lives, as where it is now and where it's going, if we want to take if you want to take a, a serious assessment of where you are spiritually. Yeah. Then analyze your prayer life. Because if 
we can do anything and everything. We can go to the ball games. We can watch the ball games. We can talk about the ball games or whatever else might be a distraction. But okay, you know, it's we got about five minutes of prayer in today. <laughs> you know, then sure. there's that tells us something about are we a little bit too worldly? Right. Spiritual? Right. We want to go to heaven, right? And it's not just because we don't want to go to hell. Right. That we know there's only two options, but we want to go to heaven because we want to be with the Father, Son, and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What better way can we show the sincerity of that desire yeah. than in spending time in prayer? That's powerful sets of questions, brother. These questions that are rhetorical because the obvious answer is that it is through the prayer that we're going to have that powerful connection. Without it, we won't. Uh, I hope our listeners will take to heart what you're saying. As we start to wrap it up, I like to give uh, the final word, so to speak. If you have a, a if you want to uh, just summarize what you've been saying, or if there's something we've missed and and you really wanted to bring it out, and we haven't had the chance to go through it, I'd like to give you that opportunity. Um, what would you like our listeners to know? Uh, you know, three things. I'd like to leave you with sure daily prayer list. Okay, try it. Start small. And then just build, you, you know, one name or one matter to add a week. And before very long, you're going to have quite a prayer list. Sure. And then after you've been doing that for a little while, start your answered prayer list. Yeah, I like that one. And, man, you talk about how it's going to be a lot easier to thank God, praise God. It's going to be a lot easier to be positive in the midst of adversity because, man, you know, You've seen what God is doing in your lives and in the lives of others, and it's it's just me. But my prayer, because I'm his child and he's my father, he's been hearing that prayer and answering it. You know, let me just add this. Uh, I think praying, uh, prayers of thanksgiving for answered prayers are wonderful prayers to make. And so if you have a list of answered prayers from time to time to go through it again and say, Oh, God, how wonderful you are that you answered this and you answered this. Just think about that mindset of a relationship where all you ever did was ask, 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 and and it was given to you and you never acknowledged and you just kept asking for more, more, more. In human terms, we would think, well, that's a, you know, that person's not very considerate, are they? They're actually quite selfish. And I understand that our relationship with God is different, but to this big point you're making uh, about a prayer list of answered prayers take some time to pray again thank you god for answering my prayers absolutely you know i i'm thanking god I, i'm praying for laborers the lord will bring more laborers thank you but i thank god for the laborers around the world that he's right. brought right i thank uh, god for you and mark and lonnie and the work that you do and um I think we need to be doing more of that thinking and appreciate. Yes, ask, 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 ask. But then let's thank God for what he's given and how other people that are helping in the kingdom and in the church and and ones that have been. Well, I I, I derailed you. But you (laughs) in these three things, you said a prayer list, an answered prayer list. What's the third one? Just remember that simple scripture from James 4, verse 2, if you're like me, it's a motivator. You have not 
because you ask not. If you've got small children, that's not going to be a, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than John eleven thirty five, but not much. Sure. You have not because you ask not. And our children understand that principle. Right. But something beautiful to teach them, if we learn that at an early age and never forget it, what a motivator. Mm. God's wanting to do more for us. He would be willing to do more for us if we would but ask. Yeah. Well, brother, I'm so thankful that we have this conversation. And uh, on behalf of the listeners who I know would love to probably tell you the same thing, uh, thank you for spending the time with me and for helping motivate my prayer life, motivating their prayer life. And I look forward to more opportunities for us to interact together. Thanks, Jonathan. Wasn't that a wonderful conversation? I absolutely loved getting to be a part of it in real time. I loved getting to listen to it whenever I was producing the episode, doing the editing part of it. And I'm so thankful that I get to share it with you. So, dear friend, thank you for enjoying this conversation with Brett and I. I'm so thankful for your support. I'm so thankful for many who, uh, you know, I've asked in the past to share the podcast and to encourage me via text or email. And y'all do that. So I'm so thankful for your encouragement and for the support. Um, it really is a pleasure to produce this and send it out into the world for anybody to listen to. What encourages me the most is when people enjoy the conversations and then they share them. Some of my favorite stories are people that reach out to me and tell me about how they have a coworker that they wanted to talk to, but they weren't sure how to get things going. But then at lunch, they were talking about something and it, it triggered a memory of a podcast episode and they were able to share that and say hey you know what we were talking about at lunch it made me think of this and that made me think of you and so i'm hopeful that this continues to bless your life there are ways that you can return the favor you could leave a five-star review i'm always trying to get this podcast more known because the gospel that's shared, the truth that is shared on it, I'm hopeful that it can reach somebody who doesn't know the Lord. So by you leaving reviews, it's helpful for this to uh, beat the algorithm, so to speak. And more people, when they search for the truth, uh, will find it. You could support it on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash pure and simple Bible. And that way um, you can encourage me. It can help upgrade some of the studio equipment that I've been looking to do for a while. And you can also encourage me, most importantly, I would even suggest, just as Brett was talking about, please pray. Please pray for the work that I do through Pure and Simple Bible, that this personal ministry uh, would be helpful to other people and that God would be glorified, the church would be edified, and the lost would know what the gospel is and have the opportunity to repent and be converted. So thank you for all the support you give, listener. I look forward to another great series of conversations with you. I got many in the pipeline. Uh, I'm in the process of editing some, recording some, and scheduling some, but pray that I'll have the stamina and the strength to, uh, I guess, make it through this season of high motivation because sometimes it just ebbs and flows. Right now, it's definitely a time of flowing. There's a lot of conversations in the pipeline, and I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Remember, go to the website. You can check out all the stuff that's there to download and use absolutely free. And always remember, God loves you very much. I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true. 
about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, his room's in some trouble.